I want to thank you for joining us today on Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio teaching ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus. We're in the middle of a series from the Gospel of Luke chapter 15 called Lost, Found, Rejoice. And today we're going to listen to the second part of a message called What Sends Heaven into Celebration. Now I want to draw us in Luke chapter 15 to share the good news of Jesus Christ and to celebrate like it is in heaven. Do we have an emotional connection? Do we have a sense of seeking, then celebrating? Do we have an awareness that as I'm sharing my faith with others, as I'm reaching out to them, as I'm sharing the good news of Jesus, that we're right on the edge of heaven going into applause and celebration? Do we live a life that is based on as it is in heaven? Perhaps we should be praying, Lord, help me to pray for and to seek and to celebrate lost being found in the same way that it is in heaven. Now, when we think about our church here, this church that we share in together is looking to imitate the culture of heaven. Everything we do should be not just praying, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We should be living that way. We should have a culture here. We should have a culture in our home, a culture of living like it is in heaven. Now, I want us to think about that here for a minute. Does our church culture as it is here, are we growing together in building a culture that reflects heaven. Do the values of heaven set you on fire? Does a thought that what I'm doing here impacts everyone up there and I can't wait till there becomes here? Here's what I want to do. I want to take a few minutes to go back through these 10 verses. And I want to look at five ways that we can look at the culture of our church I want our church to be growing in the culture of heaven. Is that what you want? Let's look here at five people or groups in verses 1 to 10. Here's the heart behind it. Look up here for a minute. Church culture matters. Church culture matters. Let's become a church that is, here's five things quickly. Look back at verse 1. It says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. That's Jesus. That's awesome. That's awesome. Jot this down. The first aspect of our culture, we want to be a safe place for seekers to listen in and ask questions. That's the kind of culture we want here. Maybe you're here. Maybe you're watching online and You've heard things about Jesus. Maybe you're despairing about some things in your life or you know that there's a void and you haven't been able to fill that void and you're wondering, maybe, maybe Jesus is what's missing. Or I don't know. I'd like to know more about Jesus. You're in a very, very safe place to listen in and ask questions. And I hope if you're in that place or you're watching online, you're like, I have some more questions. I'd like to ask some questions. You are in the perfect place. We would love to entertain your questions. We want you to feel safe. There's no dumb questions. You can ask anything you want. Then look at verse 7. The second aspect of a culture that celebrates as it is in heaven. Verse 7 says, Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents 
than over the 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Now again, it's not like God doesn't care about the 99. It's not like when you get saved, suddenly you don't matter. It's just telling you how much God is thinking about those who are lost, spending eternity in hell, separated from him. That matters. It matters a lot to him. Now, here's the thought I want to give you, the second thought. We want to be a safe place for seekers to listen in and ask questions. We also want to be a welcoming place for repenters to find hope and peace and freedom in Jesus Christ. And maybe you're asking this question. Maybe you're here and you're pretty close to, I, I, I see my need for Jesus and I want to respond but I'm kind of wondering, how are those church people, will I be accepted into the church family? Because, you know, if I go to this church, what if I'm too messed up for all of them? Well, here's the two things you want to think about if you want to fit in, if you want to know whether you fit in. The first thing is, is your life a mess? And you know that it is, and you're ready to deal with it. Most of us are like, yeah, I totally fit in there. I know my life's a mess. In fact, all Christians are people that are a mess and found freedom in Jesus Christ. Okay? We're not a place where we got everything figured out. If you think you have to figure everything out before you come to church, you got it backwards. Okay? We are people that are in a mess that's also known as sin in Scripture. We've done things that have messed up our lives. We come to Jesus. That's how things are made right. But here's the second thing. Not only are you, do you know that your life is a mess and you're willing to deal with it, here's the second thing. Are you willing to turn to Christ as the solution and Savior? We read Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 earlier. I'll read it again. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. No one does enough good things before God to earn salvation. Grace is a gift. It is unmerited. It's a gift. Then we're told in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, that those who have embraced this gift of salvation are justified by faith, by believing on Jesus. And it says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'll tell you, in a challenging, chaotic, crazy world that we live in. You can navigate it if you have peace with God. If you have peace with God, if you have relationship with God through Jesus Christ, if your sin is covered by what Jesus did on the cross, you can have peace no matter how chaotic things are in your world. That's one of the things we celebrate here in this church is the peace of God. Listen, Jesus welcomes Messy people who want to be transformed by faith and by grace. Let's quickly look at three more quick things that we want to be in our culture. Church culture matters. Let's become a church that is a place filled with searchers who intentionally pray for and seek out the lost. Look back at verse four with me. It says, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. 
And then looking down at the woman in verse 8, it says, Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? Listen, God help us to be a church with a church culture that is filled with searchers, seekers, looking for the lost, looking for the people that aren't aware of the good news of Jesus Christ, to be thinking about those in our lives and saying, do they know about the hope of Jesus? Are they aware that God loves them? Are they aware that they can have peace with God through Jesus? Do they know that? God wants us to have a culture of being searchers who intentionally pray for and seek out the lost. You know, I was so blessed by one of our elders who just made a point of praying over the last year. And we would pray in elders meetings for one of his coworkers. And I would ask that in our small groups or whatever groups you're in, there ought to be a constant rhythm of praying for those who are lost, praying for coworkers, praying that God would touch the people around you with his grace. Last week, I asked us to grow in being intentional, and I have to say I was super blessed. I mentioned last week that everyone should have a, a map and a list. In fact, I put a whole stack of them in the back, and I was super blessed. At the end of our service last week, they were all gone, so I brought more. There's another stack back there, and if you didn't get one last week, grab one on the way out. Basically, what I'm trying to do is put some practical tools in your hand. Well, pastor, I want to be a searcher, but I'm not sure how to do that. Perfect. We're going to grow in that together. I want to grow in that. Let's grow in that together. So, for example, I said, grab a map. There's a part at the top of the sheet. Again, you can grab one in the back and draw a little map. Maybe you're not a good artist. Don't worry. Nobody's looking at this and grading it, okay? Draw a little area of, like I drew of my my street and then start drawing little houses in there and get eight houses of people that you're just not sure that they're believers and as God opens up conversations I wrote on here some of the people in my neighborhood I know are believers and I started filling those in in fact I had an opportunity to talk to two of them I call them like allies like we're in this together and we're beginning to pray for those people in our neighborhood but then I said, get a list, and here's where a place where you can begin to write the names in. Listen, don't just be praying for him or her or them. Begin to pray by name. God cares for the people that are lost by name, and we can do the same. So begin to pray. Pray for the people in that house around the corner. Then begin to look for opportunities to touch. Knock on the door. Hey, I noticed that the bike, your, your kid's bike was over here out of the way, and I just thought I'd bring it home. By the way, what is your name, and what is your daughter's name again? And we have little kids, and maybe they could play, and there's all little ways to connect, touch, then invite. It might start with an invitation to your house for a barbecue. It might start you know, with an invitation to watch a game or, or whatever the thing is, but then leading toward the opportunity to invite them uh, to know the Savior, and maybe that includes inviting them to church this coming Easter. Easter is a great time to invite people to come to church. Some people will come to church on Easter that will never come to church the whole rest of the year or only at Christmas. And I'm asking for us to grow in this over the next year to the place where you're getting to know people and touching them, beginning to care for them and minister to them. 
God gave me an opportunity to serve one of my neighbors this week. And honestly, it was because I was thinking of this that I took an opportunity to help him out. I probably wouldn't have done it otherwise. I want to be growing in my intentionality. I want to ask you to grow in your intentionality. Have a map. Have a list. Begin to pray and care. But here's the third thing that we're going to be talking more about. A map, a list. And you're going to find this very helpful. A cause. I'm really excited that in the coming days, as you're looking to connect with your neighbors and looking to go a little bit deeper, this man shared, I told you, Ed Stetzer, he shared a great story, what he would do. He would get a map, then he would get a list, and then what he would do is he would go and he would talk to his neighbors and he'd say, hey, we have this little cause over here that we're trying to help out. Would you mind joining us in that? Whatever that particular way of connecting them. So for example, you know, millennials, how many of you are millennials? A lot of you get a really rough, millennials are so into themselves, they're so, I won't say all the stuff, millennials get a rough, but you know one thing that's great about millennials, they are more into causes than any other generation in my lifetime. They care. They care about other people. Now some of the things they care about, I can't say I agree with them in, but they care and one of the great ways that we can meet in the middle and bring people to Jesus is say, hey, would you join us in a cause that we're supporting? We're trying to help people that are struggling with, and we'll fill in the blank for you. Would you mind joining us in this? Because what it does is it allows for connection. It also allows, as Matthew 5 says, to be able to let people hear about what the church is doing. When people see our good works, they begin to give glory to God. All those Christians aren't just about their politics or their this or their that. They actually want to do, make a difference in the world and I think that's going to be a great way for us to connect and do stuff with our neighbors to bless greater Columbus we'll talk more about that in the months to come but a map a list and a cause it's a way to invest intentionally this is pastor Luke Aarons maybe you've been listening to meeting with God and wondering how can I embrace the gift of salvation and follow Jesus Christ? Or I have some questions about Jesus and the journey of faith. We would love to answer any questions you may have or help you in taking the next step of faith. Let me encourage you to visit our church website, verticalchurch.life, or visit one of our weekend services in Columbus near Route 315 and Henderson Road. Let's look quickly at two more. Verse 6. Verse 6 says... And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep that was lost. Then down to verse 9. And when she has found the coin, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I found the coin that was lost. Let me give you a fourth thing that I, want to, that I know that God wants to see in the culture of our church. We want to be a place with rejoicers who celebrate when the lost are found as it is in heaven. I love that in these two verses, it's the, the notice that both of the individuals, the man and the woman, they say, rejoice with me. Let's party together. Let's celebrate what's going on. This, this thing that I've lost has been found. One thing I hope to see in our church is an increased intensity in rejoicing. Think about this. Every one of us is going to hopefully have a map and a list. But not everybody in Columbus is going to be on your map and your list. 
And one of the ways that we can grow together in this culture of reaching people with the good news is to begin to pray, not just for our list, but to pray for others in our grace groups or pray for others in our church or pray for those that we're partnering with that, and begin to pray that God would use them and to begin to encourage them. Sometimes when we've been sharing the gospel, I'm thinking of a family in our church who prayed for years for their grandfather to come to faith, and he did right before he died. And I'm convinced it was because they were faithful in praying week after week, month after month, year after year. You know, something we need in our church is people who are rejoicers and people that are encouragers who keep cheerleading us on and cheering for one another saying, hey, don't stop praying. Don't stop reaching out to that family member or that neighbor. Keep at it. Keep at it. God's going to do something. God is greater than the barriers that they're putting to the gospel. Are you willing to be a rejoicer? Then I'm going to turn a corner. Here's the last one. Again, evangelism is grounded in the joy of recovery. Look up here for a minute. Then why is it that we miss, maybe you're thinking this, then why is it that we miss this joy of recovery so often? Pastor, if this is so good, this is so awesome, why is it that we miss out on this? Look back at verse 2. This is why. You might say the most invested, evangelical, Bible-believing, probably even better way to describe it, individuals in the first century were the people we're going to read about, verse 2. And the Pharisees and scribes grumbled, saying, this man, Jesus, receives sinners and eats with them. Here's the last thought about our culture and maybe the most serious one for us here tonight. We want to be a place that calls grumblers and unconcerned to repent and return to the heart of God. Now I'm getting in our business. Listen, the church is meant to be a place of people that are following Jesus. And when they're not following Jesus, they repent. It's meant to be a place where those who are, and going back to the first point, where seekers can come, where people who have never followed Jesus Christ can repent and follow Jesus. But here's another thing. Those of us who are claiming Jesus Christ have to, on a regular basis, because our hearts are prone to wander, return and repent and return to the heart of God. We get distracted, we get busy, we get self-sufficient, we get dragged into other things, we get sinful, we get all kinds of things. And the call of the gospel to us, if we are grumblers or we are unconcerned about the lost, is to repent. Repent of what? Well, think about the grumblers. Grumblers are self-righteous people. I'm better than them. I'm the righteous one. They're the scum. I'm not even sure that I want to be around those people. That's what these Pharisees were saying. That I'm better than them. I got it together. You guys go somewhere else. We want Jesus around us because we're on the same level. We can talk. We can talk Isaiah 53 on a totally different level. But you all just... That was their attitude. And what Jesus was saying as he was watching this is he pulled back and said, actually, you are the ones that need to repent. These people are coming toward salvation. They are coming toward the heart of God and you are giving them the stiff arm. Now, maybe you wouldn't think of yourself that way. Maybe you wouldn't put yourself in the grumbler category. Hey, can I get under your skin for a minute? 
Being a pastor through COVID has been the hardest year of my life. And one of the most crazy things I've had to deal with, and I'm saying this as gently as I can, is people were more concerned about their health and mask or no mask than they were concerned about gospel issues. I'm not saying everybody. If you care more about mask or no mask than you care about the neighbors across the street that are going to hell, it's time to repent. I love you all. Let that sink in for a minute. If I care more about mask or no mask, or I care more about how they cut their grass versus how I cut my grass, or I care about this or that, and I care more about it than the fact that they're going to hell without Jesus Christ, it's time to repent. Am I preaching the gospel? Okay, because I'm preaching it to me too. I want you to think of yourself for a moment. I want you to think of yourself as a lost person without God, as Ephesians 2 says, without hope, as Ephesians 2 says. I want you to think of yourself for a moment on the outside of the gospel looking in and not even understanding the salvation that's in Jesus Christ. Would you want believers in this room to go looking for you? I would. Just being honest, of course I would. I would want to be in this room. I would want to know that if I died tonight, I'd be with the Savior. I'd want to know that. But it would depend on somebody coming to me. Listen, every person in this room almost that's a follower of Jesus, somebody came looking for you. Whether it's a parent or it's a neighbor or it's a friend or it's a, somebody in college that happened to knock on your door. Somebody came looking for you and joined Jesus in the process of finding you who were lost and now you're found. That God help us to have that same energy over this next year and years. However, however long God gives us until Jesus returns. You know, the Lord convicted me of this. Convicted me of something else. And I want us to think about this. Part of what hinders our ability to reach people who are lost is we're unwilling to repent. Not just of this, but of all kinds of things. And sometimes we who are Christians who know the gospel of Jesus Christ are so consumed with how we look that we're more willing to keep up our face than to live faithfully for Jesus. And believe me, our neighbors watch that. And living for Jesus and be willing to repent of my sin and my bad attitudes and my selfishness and then repenting of my attitude of how I go after sinners versus keep to myself and keep me happy and my preferences, I'm telling you, this is eternity hanging in the balance. And God convicted me. I had a conversation with someone a couple of weeks ago, and I was upset. This person was giving me the business. And after I got done with that conversation, the Lord just right into my heart. And he said, you know what, Luke? That was the same attitude you had 25 years ago toward your dad when he was pastoring. Nailed me. Got on the phone with my dad. I said, Dad... I started crying. I said, Dad, I repent. I know what it feels like now. I know what it feels like when someone speaks something at you and hits you to the core and it hurts. And my dad's so humble. He's just like, but I know it had to hurt bad 25 years ago. Now, can I ask us here to take repentance seriously? One of the greatest spiritual disciplines of a believer is repentance. It's saying, God, what is in my heart that is not dealt with? And bringing it before Jesus Christ and going, I don't care who knows about this. I don't care who sees this. I want God to deal with it so that there is a life of weightiness, so that I am living in freedom and I can invite others to experience the freedom that I have in Jesus Christ. 
God wants this to be a place that calls grumblers and unconcerned to repent and return to the heart of God. When sinners repent and turn to God for the first time, there is celebration in heaven. I'll also add this, that when the people of God get away from God, when they repent, I don't know if there's a party in heaven or half a party in heaven, I'm guessing there's some sort of celebration. That could be any one of us. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to embarrass anyone. I'm just going to ask you to do business with God. Think of the five people I described in this text. If you're a seeker and you're watching online, you're like, well, you know, I'm not sure if Jesus is the real deal or not. I'm just going to ask you during this time just to, in your mind, cry out to God and say, God, if you're real, if Jesus is your son, help me to understand it, to wrap my mind around it. And if you're ready to do business with God and you're ready to repent of your sin, I would encourage you now is the time to tell God that. Tell him, I want to follow Jesus Christ by faith. I'm coming home, God. I'm the lost and now I want to be found. Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio. We hope you were encouraged in your own relationship with Jesus Christ today. If you would like to hear other messages from Pastor Luke Aarons, please subscribe to our Vertical Church Columbus podcast. There you will find an extensive collection of sermons from Vertical Church worship services and other unique content from Pastor Luke, which will enrich your faith and point you to Christ. You can find the podcast by searching Vertical Church Columbus wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for spending part of your day with us. As always, we hope you'll join us here tomorrow at the very same time for your meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.